successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello Kansas City and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on the KMBZ Business Channel 1660 AM and on KMBZ.com. You can connect with the show at GrillNationShow.com and at Jason Grill and at GrillNationShow on Twitter. Thank you for listening today. We've had a, a fun few weeks. I hope you enjoyed the show last week. We had the three or four Grill Nationals in, uh, kind of a lively conversation on current events and topics here in Kansas City and in the national scene. We're going to be doing that again in July, so stay tuned for more of that. I want to thank uh, all of our sponsors and supporters of Grill Nation. Uh, John Ken Hertz from Ken Hertz Perry Law Firm. He's a guest contributor and co-host uh, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group, a uh, real estate company here in Kansas City that does great work, a guest host and contributor. Uh, Ryan Maybe from Rieger Grill Hotel and Exchange, who is a uh, contributor. He'll be on the show uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, with his quarterly show. Also with Jay Rieger and Co. Whiskey. Um, Danny Pfeiffer, the president and CEO of Catalyst Government Affairs Group here in Kansas City, who was on last week and is a guest co-host and contributor. Um, as well as the Kansas City Power and Light District. Uh, we've had numerous guests on from that organization. And uh, next week and the few weeks prior, we'll have more and more uh, going on, what's going on with them, and uh, talk to them about some events and One Light as well. I want to appreciate all of those guys for supporting us and keeping us going and uh, look forward to growing the show even more and some big announcements to come in the next few weeks about Grill Nation. On today's show, we will we will start off with Ronnie Bird, who's the president and CEO of Visit KC. We had him on the show about a year ago when we were Entrepreneur KC before we branded, rebranded, and uh, right when he came to Kansas City to take the job and from um, D.C., I believe. So we're going to have him on again today in our first and second segments to talk about what's kind of happened in the first year, kind of give an update of some of our major coups, go into next year, or what's going to happen moving forward, what he's excited about, uh, and talk about what's going on here in Kansas City with um, visitors and tourism industry. It's going to be exciting. In our third segment today, we will have Mike Wilson and uh, Hunter McGrath. Hunter McGrath is the vice president of Tivill, and Mike Wilson is the CEO and founder of Nile Luxury Watches. They're going to be having a big event in Kansas City tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Nile is a watch that is produced pretty much in Kansas City, American-made, uh, very high-end watch, and they've partnered with Tivill, if you've seen their billboards around town and in the Kansas City Star it's going to be very exciting, and I uh, wanted to have them on to talk about the partnership and building a watch here in Kansas City and how that was done. Um, so that'll be the third segment. And then fourth segment today, we'll have Sean Edwards, who's a, a Grill Nation contributor and the Fox 4 movie critic, to talk about all the different summer movies that have come out, preview some summer movies that will be coming out soon, and kind of talk about some of the highs and lows of the summer so far, as well as talk about um, a new group he's involved with and called Movie Trip. TV, talk about that and, and get into that more. So that's today's show. I appreciate you listening in on KMBZ.com and on the KMBZ Business Channel. So let's start off with our first guest. Uh, we have Ronnie Burt, President and CEO of Visit Kansas City. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Doing great, Jason. Looking thank dapper you. as always. Well, thank you. Thanks one for of the, One of our on. better dressed dress people here in Kansas City. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So uh, you've, you've been here a year now, so that year seems like it's flown by for my end. I feel like you were just in the studio. It uh, it definitely has flown by, but you know that is uh, that happens when you've got a lot of things on your plate. You're having fun doing what you do, and uh, you're getting a lot of things done. So, uh, 12 months later, um, I'm I'm here and appreciate being back on the show. Yeah. So, tell me about your uh, what's kind of happened this year. I know we've had a lot of major coups. I was at your Ignite KC luncheon uh, earlier in the year. Um, very exciting stuff happening right now. So, let's start off with. Uh, kind of what we've learned about the downtown hotel sure. and how that's transpired. Well, you know, the downtown convention hotel, let me say that. Sure. The downtown convention hotel, um, certainly something has been talked about long before I arrived in Kansas City. One of the first questions that I uh, was asked about, you know, my opinion about the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an announcement a few weeks ago uh, on May 28th and uh, 
since that announcement, the inquiries in Kansas City has just dramatically uh, uh, soared, uh, which is a, is a key indicator um, prior to the shovel going in the ground. We've had over 20-plus inquiries, one out as far as 2024. Customers that we hadn't been on their radar have expressed interest in Kansas City, and I think that that is a significant sign of what we're going to see as we progress forward to putting a shovel in the ground. Yeah, that is going to be huge, and I know we mentioned off-air we had Mike Burke on. Uh, as someone that's grown up here, I mean, it, it has been talked about for quite a while, and it's kind of cool to see it actually ha- happening. You know, it, the plan is out there. We've 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 it's gone through the media uh, car wash at this point, and so uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, just because it's a new building for the skyline too, I think it's pretty cool. It looks good. Sure. Uh, well, I'm excited about it. Uh, my team, uh, my sales team, is excited about it because we have another new asset to mm-hmm. go out and market Kansas City. Uh, and certainly, Kansas City has seen uh, enormous growth and success without the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited about the, uh, the the next step of what we're going to see with the hotel. You know, the, the interesting thing about this project is that in most markets, uh, you build a hotel size, which becomes the first part of economic development. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this well um, in different phases of the downtown economic development. You know, the Power and Light District is in place. The streetcar is going to be opening up. The Kauffman Center Performing Arts is is open, the expansion of the ballroom, the convention center, and this just becomes an additional piece of the puzzle. The timing is 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 prime uh, for moving the city, advancing the city forward. And so uh, those are one of the reasons, those are several of the reasons why we're excited at Visit KC uh, of repositioning the convention market. Uh, and it's not, uh, this is not just a convention hotel. Uh, this hotel will be open for all market segments, whether it be sports, which we, we had a major win with securing the Big 12 for another five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to get interest uh, from other sports organizers. It will be able to uh, cater to people who are using the Kauffman Center for Performing Arts, uh, our leisure travelers. It brings the Hyatt flag back into Kansas City. So right. all those Hyatt reward people have the opportunity to capture in on their reward points as they're traveling to Kansas City. So multifaceted opportunities mm-hmm. for this hotel. Sounds amazing. Um, talk to me about the the economic impact of the co- the conventions that you've had since you you came over to sure. visit KC. I know that in your presentation you kind of laid out the the money and the, and the room nights. I mean, I don't think people really understand how many people are coming in and out of Kansas City. Sure. Well, there's hundreds of conventions that take place annually in Kansas City. Most people connect with the largest, the ones that are what we call citywide conventions. And so, if you just look at the top 25 citywide conventions. Uh, that taken place in 2015, that's $126 million in economic impact. And so that's on the convention side. If you look at from the standpoint of the next uh, four years or five, because we have Big 12 coming back in 2016, and then we've got 2017 through 20 that we won in this bid, that's about $9 million economic impact each year. That's another $54 million in economic impact. So if you look at the magnitude of dollars it's bringing into the city, that translates into people, uh, service industry from jobs, uh, products and services being uh, purchased, whether it be food providers, uh, beverage providers, to fulfill um, the need to, to service the guests that are coming in. And there's where the magnitude of economic impact just continues to multiply. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, your staff has really been aggressive, I think, since you've taken over the helm in the last year. Tell us about that. I mean, with solicitation, why is that so important? Sure. Well, in the past year, we've done a lot of things. One of the key things we put together was building a strategic plan. Uh, one of the things that we put together in our strategic plan uh, as a priority was elevating our presence in the community. Uh, it is important that we communicate to people who visit KC is, what we do, and the impact that we have. Mm-hmm. And there in line opportunity for us to be aggressive in all of our categories, whether it was our social media, whether it was our marketing and changing how we tell the story about Kansas City um, far beyond jazz and barbecue. Um, our convention and sales um, aside, we've been very aggressive with getting into the markets. We've we've been on several uh, sales trips. We've taken the mayor into the nation's capital with us. We, we've met with over 50 customers. We've had those customers come into the city. So we have been very aggressive. Uh, I'm very bullish on Kansas City. I think that it's a, an amazing city with great opportunity ahead of us that we recognize it is a competitive environment out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognize in order for us to compete, in order for us to get all the national attention, we have to be aggressive, and it has to be, um, it has to be uh, like running a marathon. We have to continue to pace ourselves to stay ahead of what is coming next. So being proactive is a key part of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. 
you guys have been very proactive. Um, one of the things too that you did this year uh, is get a new office space, right? And it's very uh, you can see it; it's very uh, alive there. And it's down at Power and Light District, isn't you, it? You know that office uh, space. We moved in in March. Uh, uh, I think it was like the third week of March, and we have seen more traffic come through that office space in the few months that we've been there than we would see annually in 12 months being up on the 22nd floor of Sydney Center Square. And that's important for several reasons. Um, first is um, we are able now to engage and inter- interact with the visitors and hear stories like uh, we had a couple that uh, was visiting Kansas City from Holland, and they told us the number one reason why they came to Kansas City was because of the Nelson Atkins Museum. Mm-hmm. That's important data for us to see the reach that that museum has. That's important information for us to capture, talk about our arts and culture. Uh, we had a flight attendant that flies for Alaska Airlines that was in. Uh, she didn't have time to take in uh, any uh, activities that day, but she accumulated a lot of information because she'll, she'll be back. And she flies in here a lot, and she'll have the information readily available to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, families that were coming in for the volleyball uh, 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 tournament that was in town, stopping into the visitor center, we're able to give them information to uh, get them out and about far beyond just the Power and Light District, get them out into the neighborhoods. Or whether it's just a, a couple that's driving cross-country or driving from Columbus, Ohio to Denver, stopped in, no hotel reservations, just said, you know what, Kansas City's kind of the midway point. Uh, we want to see what there is to do. So we're able to help them book a hotel room, give them information to do, and go out and spend money. So, um, you know, when you're navigating the city, you see people out and about, but you don't know um, who all those people are. And more than times than not, they're probably um, not Kansas City residents. Uh, they're mm-hmm. out from outside of the city or outside of the state just coming in and enjoying uh, all the things that Kansas City has to offer. And you also can, maybe they don't go down, maybe they don't go to the plaza, maybe they don't go to Westport, but they're just downtown. They don't know anything about those places. Absolutely. So you're able to say, hey, we forget about that. Absolutely. Being from here, that people that come here, they don't know all these different areas. Yeah, that that is, that's a key point. And so, you know, it's also important for us to show them that it's, it's not just the power and light district. It's not just the plaza, whether you want to go out you know, take in uh, a museum mm-hmm. or where you want to go out to the zoo or you want to go somewhere else uh, around the city, you know, find something unique, um, walk, you know, walk around the parks. You know, everybody's looking for something different and being able to have that street level presence um, is very, very important for us. So uh, all to all of your listeners, we want you to know that we do have a visitor center. It's at 1321 Baltimore. Uh, please stop in, get information about your city and all the things there is to do. Um, mm-hmm. You will um, probably uh, be able to find or explore something new because a lot has changed uh, downtown. And that's also important that, you know, we're not the uh, Kansas City of yesterday. It's really the Kansas City of tomorrow. We want everyone to know about that. Very cool. Uh, we have a minute 20 left in this segment, uh, and then we'll come back after the break. Talk to us about kind of your national reach here. I mean, we really are located less than an hour and a half to three hours from all these major cities. Is that kind of a goal is to to, to, to pr- promote that to people that we are in the middle of the country and you can get here by flight very easily? Absolutely. So um, in our in our move, our strategy moving forward, um, we only um, we have historically been focusing on a regional drive market. Uh, and so we probably over the years have maybe have tapped and, and saturated that market. So we're looking at now short flights. So people coming in from Chicago, Atlanta, Minneapolis, these are all short flights. So we're looking at expanding that reach. You know, we did restaurant week, which we changed some of the, the way we did restaurant week in 2015. We saw traffic coming in from Chicago uh, through our website as well as St. Louis. And those were new markets that we hadn't seen previously. So um, as we continue to expand our reach and change our marketing, there's just new opportunities out there for us. And we're being innovative in how we uh, message uh, to our leisure travelers through Pandora and just really trying to be cutting edge and connect with how visitors and how tourists and how people are capturing information through social media, through digital media, and, and just more than just the traditional ways of marketing. Very interesting. We'll be right back after the break with Ronnie Burt, the CEO of Visit KC. You're listening to Grill Nation on KMBZ Business Channel and KMBZ.com. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man on the wire. Can't stop laughing, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make Welcome it back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed the show so far. We're going to continue with Ronnie Burt, CEO of Visit KC. Ronnie, you guys uh, did some cool stuff in the last year with the uh, creating the KC Film Office again, taking it in. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, 
there was uh, this was part of the mayor's uh, initiative uh, that uh, we relaunched uh, the film office. It's been fantastic. Um, if you uh, if people have seen, uh, we were aired on American Ninja Warrior, so they came here, uh, did scouting location, and uh, we worked with them to secure the site at the on the parking lot in front of Union Station. Uh, they came in, they set up uh, the production, aired, and it's it's been uh, shown uh, six million viewers, and so that continues to get Kansas City's presence out there. Uh, the office has been very active in assisting uh, producers with finding scouting locations. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've built a digital inventory of locations that you can go in and film uh, around the region. Uh, we've also uh, been in Jeff City advocating for. Uh, and tell me, tax let credit. me tell you about that, man. I was in Jeff City as a legislator. That was I sponsored that bill. I mean, I wanted I, my goal is to one day have Missouri and and I'm obviously I'm a Missouri guy, but have it untapped. I mean, I, I want. So many films to be produced here and made here. I just think there's so much more that goes into that. It's not just all big Hollywood photos. It's also your your digital stuff. Your, there's all kinds of things we do here. And so I really enjoy – I'm glad that you said that, that you guys actually advocated for that down there. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, obviously is important. You know, People need to understand that when production crews come in to film, uh, they become part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they're living in hotels or residents. They're shopping in the stores. They're spending money out, and that's all part of the economic uh, vibrancy. They're using the labor, which Kansas City has a very uh, a strong labor from a production side, a lot right. of creative talent. So a lot of the work is being done here. Uh, but, you know, have being competitive with those tax credits uh, to be able to secure more of that work here in Kansas City, uh, in, in the state of Missouri and in Kansas City is important. Um, from the standpoint of we have the assets here. We've got some great backdrops to film some pretty cool uh, scenes, um, but we are at a disadvantage when it comes to that. So we are that office is part of uh, the legislative process advocating for it, And uh, but until we get there, we're just going to keep plugging away. Being very proactive Absolutely. right now, which I like, and it, showing people that you can produce movies here, you can produce short films. You're making it, it makes it easier that the office is in Kansas City again, and I think from what I've read, you guys have assisted on you know close to seventy productions uh, since you had your annual meeting, which is great. That's and, that's correct. And our goal was is for this year for fifteen to hit a hundred, uh, and so I'm sure we'll exceed that. And so again, uh, the work that we're doing there is uh, has just been fantastic. And yeah. uh, we'll actually look at you know one of the things I've already started looking at is um, a growth potential of that office. So being positioned as we continue to do more mm-hmm. is being able to grow that office. Ronnie, talk to me about regionalism. I know you've been focusing a lot on that lately. We talked about the national goals here earlier, but like, what's going on with the regionalism? Well, you know, regionalism is, a, is an interesting uh, discussion, but from a tourism standpoint, it's important to note that a visitor uh, doesn't um, look at their dollar and, and segment it by, you know, Missouri versus Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some great assets in the region, and I think that we need to continue to promote that. And so what I've been doing is I've been out talking to the CEOs of the surrounding uh, DMOs, the Destination Market Organization, you know, I've been talking about, you know, um, the need to collaborate and really try to drive more opportunities. And just to give you an example of what those opportunities may look like, last year there was a very large soccer tournament that had people come from Nebraska and Iowa and Oklahoma uh, that was uh, a position in Overland Park soccer the tournament was too big. They couldn't use that facility in and of itself. They had to use also Swoop Soccer Village. And mm-hmm. so you had people from all of those surrounding states navigating uh, between those two facilities for different games, and that was dollars being spent in the region. And that's important for us to do that. Uh, and so it's important for us to look um, more regional in terms of capturing the visitor and not talk about this side versus that side. And I know it's a more complex conversation, but from a tourism standpoint, we're advocating for more regionalism to capture that dollar and grow uh, the economy through hospitality dollars. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, too, from your neck of the woods. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of great assets throughout the entire region and area, so we want to promote those and try to work together what we can, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's important. I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, coming in and staying in hotels in Kansas City, shopping out at Legends, taking in, you know, something at the Speedway, coming back town and uh, going to the Royals game, we want to make sure that people can extend their stay. Let's talk about that. Um, how how did you came in last year around this time? Um, the Royals actually had a really good season last year. How how was that affected um, the city's perspe- perception? I guess when you travel at all, when you go to these solicitation meetings, when you're trying to get conventions here, and people see all this stuff happening in Kansas City, we get on the national press. We we are on TV all the time. The Royals obviously are getting a ton of press now with all kinds of stuff with the fans. So that has all happened since you came on board. 
Uh, well, yeah. last year, how has that how has that affected things? And, and that's certainly the royal success wasn't by my own um, doing, but what um, it shows is Kansas City is a fantastic place, and we looked very well in the national media. Mm-hmm. What it also um, uh, positioned us, we would have never been able to buy that type of national exposure. Though that was essentially free marketing for Kansas City's region uh, throughout that playoff run. Uh, what was interesting, too, is that it shows you that people um, go for um, – we weren't necessarily what I would say the underdog, but we were the unknown market. Right. And so when you look at, you know, when we were in the World Series, this um, the country was all pulling for the Royals. Blue, the Royals. Yeah. Um, I think there was – Outside of that little Bay Area, right? In, 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 <laughs> in, in California. But I think that, you know, we look at San Francisco and Kansas City, it showed people that, you know, Kansas City is a major player. Uh, we are competitive. And that translated into the hospitality and the spirit. When people came in for the games, they talk about how hospitable it was and that we had no idea and Kansas City is a great place. And so I, I think that also, too, is it showed people that, you know, this could be and would be a good place to come and live. So all of those from a business standpoint, from a living standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, it was just great national marketing and media attention. And I should say internationally because mm-hmm. – uh, I know we have a fan that's in Korea and was tweeting sure. in, in social media. So <laughs> it, it's been uh, it's just been fantastic. Um, what has been the the best part of your first year and the hardest part of your first year? Well, I, I think, highs and lows here, Ronnie. I think the best part of my first year was being able to work on all the different opportunities we worked on. Whether it was building the Big Twelve bid and getting the the bid team to say. You know, let's look at this from a totally different perspective. Let's not underestimate and think that this will always be here and take a different approach. And that's something certainly that we did. So that was really, really exciting. Um, being able to submit bids for, you know, Copa America, mm-hmm. um, being able to look at, you know, the opportunities of partnering on some of the big conventions, bringing people in and see how people really feel about Kansas City. I think that has been really, really um, exciting. You know, I think that that also creates opportunity that we have to make sure that the people who live here in Kansas City see Kansas City as a progressive city, uh, that we just can't stop and wait and see what happens. We need to continue to position ourselves for the future so that whether it's continue to invest in the downtown, Mm -hmm. whether it's investing in uh, a new airport terminal, whether it's, you know, revitalizing the West Bottoms, um, Kansas City has made national attention and we need to continue to give people things to talk about, you know, and as other markets around the country are doing it and they're being successful in terms of the rewards that it's generating. You know, from a, from a, um, from a low standpoint, I, I can't really say I've had a low point. Right. Um, it is been a in, good year. It is interesting, you know, the complexities regarding um, the state line. And so yeah. I've said if, if that becomes a barrier, just change the name of it. Call it <laughs> Connect Road or something like that. You know, we, we just we need to move beyond that and look at Kansas City as a region because other markets around the country don't position itself the same way. Just moved here from Washington, D.C. a year ago and. There was um, something called Cruza, which is Capital Region USA, and it was D.C., Maryland, and Virginia that worked collaboratively together to market the Capital Region. And, you know, in in, uh, in the Philadelphia market, it's the, the Delaware Valley or it's the tri-state. So it's Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey that all work together. And so uh, I think that it should be easier for us here in Kansas City to do it with only two states as other markets are doing it with three. Totally agree. Ronnie Burt, CEO of Visit KC. All kinds of great stuff happened your first year on the job. Uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. Uh, we'll go through another year. Hopefully we'll have more big announcements for Kansas City here in the next year. But congratulations on all your success, and thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation. Great. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. Well, you can tell everybody. You can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody, I'm the man, I'm the man. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM and KMBZ.com. Hope you've enjoyed the show so far today. I appreciate you listening. Also appreciate you connecting with me on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and at Jason Grill, as well as on GrillNationShow.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, uh, as well as links to our iTunes and TuneIn radio page. Uh, very excited. We're going to be having uh, even more exciting news here in the near future, which I can share with you down the road. want to get into our next interview. Um, we have Mike Wilson, who is the CEO and founder of Nile, and Hunter McGrath, who is uh, with a sales associate in Diamond Buyer Tivill, according to your LinkedIn 
page. I, I really enjoyed that title. Welcome to Grill Nation, guys. How are you? Great. Glad to be here. Good to see you guys. Uh, Mike, uh, I know you've had a, a long morning today. You've been working really hard. The entrepreneurial sweat is uh, definitely on you right now. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say a short morning, <laughs> a very long night that, that carried over to the morning. Okay, guys. So uh, first off, let's start with uh, Hunter. I've never had you on Grill Nation before. Let's talk about your background and what, and what you do at Tivoli. Uh, so really, I started out, um, before I got to Tivoli, I was a CPA for a couple of years. Uh, Tivoli is actually my family business, so I transitioned to Tivoli um, a little over four years ago now. Um, and I started out just kind of learning the ranks, uh, started on the sales floor, uh, slowly transitioned to Diamond Buyer. Um, and I guess I do need to update my LinkedIn profile because <laughs> I'm now our, our vice president and uh, kind of in charge of different projects here and there. And one of them is... Uh, is this now a partnership that uh, we're very pleased to be a part of? Yeah. So, um, and Mike, tell us a little bit about Nile again for all those that haven't heard about it yet. So, Nile is American crafted, or what we call American manufactured luxury timepieces, and it is um, a product that is in a price category that would be competitive to say a uh, Omega or Panerai or Rolex. But it is a, a product that we manufacture everything except for the movement. Um, which is a very difficult aspect to manufacture. We manufacture all that in America. Mm-hmm. And while many companies will claim to um, make them in America, they don't like we do. Um, and so we have a, a huge layer of transparency to what we do um, and a massive level of, um, of, of uh, you know, craftsmanship behind what we do in manufacturing. So it's a very exciting company that we've built. And, you know, we, we, it comes together all right here in Kansas City. You know, we manufacture parts all over America mm-hmm. and uh, including Kansas City. And then they come together down at uh, 18 Terry and Cherry and the Crossroads. So I can vouch for that. I've, uh, when Mike started this company, uh, you know, the very beginning, I thought he was, I mean, truly entrepreneurial, but I, I couldn't, I didn't understand how you could build a watch and do all this stuff. And it, because no one really has done anything. I mean, yes, We've seen startups that, that make T-shirts or make socks, for instance, Sock101.com, everyone. But no one has ever <laughs> attempted to make watches in, in Kansas City for what I know. So, I mean, at first I was, you know, Mike is a very entrepreneurial person, but, you know, I was kind of intrigued. I mean, this is pretty cool how this has all grown. It's It's been definitely difficult. I could tell you it's not um, an easy path. And, um, you know, a lot of the, in the watch business there, you know, there's a lot of gray area to say what you can and you can't, but building this in Kansas City is, uh, frankly, one of the best places to build it. I mean, everything from time zone advantages to talent advantages to everybody in the city is really behind us. And that's kind of like with Tivil. you know, the uh, Tivils are our first major retailer to take on Nile and the partnership between the two of us has been the true definition of a mutually beneficial relationship. It's mm-hmm. been um, a very ex- it's been very exciting to work with them, and it's cool that for us, all this stuff is happening here in Kansas City, and we're truly getting the support one would expect from a entrepreneur coming out of its own hometown. For sure, um, Hunter, talk to us about Tivol and how that kind of happened with Mike. I mean, I know Mike's a go getter, but uh, did you guys kind of take notice of this? I know how did it all happen? Well, we like to be uh, very selective in who we work with. I think it was. Uh, Adam Gebhardt, our marketing director, who first kind of caught wind of this maybe two years ago. Um, and uh, and we were kind of, you were really in the infancy then. Um, has, so, it, has it been that long, Mike, since you, I feel like it's just yesterday you started, but maybe. We started selling nine months ago, but we've been working on it for about, oh, two and a half, almost three years now, wow. trying to figure out how to make a, a timepiece. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you took notice back then. We did, and, uh, and I think it was, uh, I can't remember how long ago that you and Ryan are, director of merchandising met um and uh, and since then we've just kind of been talking working things out going back and forth it's a very as mike said he's very transparent and and been working with us a lot kind of using our expertise in the industry and going back and forth so you guys are going to be having an event actually tonight i believe um june 18th or is it june 19th june 18th june 18th and that is going to be at tivil correct that's kind of our uh, our launch party we uh we're um, beginning to sell them on Thursday, and there's going to be uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so there's a party, or there's a, there's an actual party party um, on top of that, which we just announced um, uh, a couple days ago. Okay. Um, Thursday is when we begin selling in Tivoli, June 18th. So you'll be able to go into either Tivoli location on Plaza or in the, in Leewood, um, and then June 19th at our location downtown in 1810 Cherry. 
we're having kind of an open public uh, party with, you know, great local beer and, and whiskey because we've got a real hot scene for that right now uh-huh. um, and food, all that. So you can come down and see our space, see our factory, um, and get to see the Nile 1.3. So uh, Friday at 6.30 p.m. is when that starts, and then, um, you know, it's when Tibble opens on Thursday. So, Mike, talk to us about, I know Tibble has... And you have have got some billboards up in town. What what has that been like for you as an entrepreneur? Because as a former politician who once had a billboard up on the highway, uh, <laughs> people notice that, and it's funny to see the reaction. And when, I know when I saw it. So the billboard that Mike has and Tivil uh, Nile and, and Tivil have is uh, right downtown. It's almost impossible to miss it. It's more, it's probably one of the top two to three in Kansas City by far. And so I'm pulling up the other day, and I, I'm stopped at a stoplight looking at my phone, which I shouldn't be doing. I look up. I see this, and I'm like, holy moly, and it's just so big. I mean, what has that been like? I know it just went up a while back, you know. It's somewhat um, iconic for us, and it's it's been very exciting. And frankly, working with Tivoli has changed my perspective a lot on the marketing of a timepiece company. When we started out, we thought we were going to be all online and quickly learned at our price point. A considered purchase like that requires people to walk in a store and see you next to a trusted brand and see that a trusted person is, is telling you this is an okay brand to buy. And we didn't want to do any print advertising or billboard advertising because, you know, frankly, running a, a prior to Nile running a digital marketing business, all we did was say that that stuff doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. Um, and it, it quickly changed my mind. Adam and the Hunter team, and Matt, Adam and Hunter and the Tivil team all together, um, you know, really said, hey, here's what we want to do. And we kind of went, yay, you know, you're the experts here. We'll listen to you. Completely changed my mind. The two things that were overwhelmingly, my phone just was ringing off the hook, was the billboard and the Kansas City Star uh, advertisement. I would have laughed you out of the building if you told me that was what was going to get me the most amount of orders. So it's been a wild, wild ride for us um, of learning, but we've just managed to keep an open mind. We understand and trust that Tivla has been doing this for over a 100 years. Mm-hmm. They know better than we do on how to make this work in Kansas City. So um, it's been extremely exciting to have those billboards up there. Um, and and completely changed my mind about the industry. Yeah, sometimes old fashioned marketing does does work, right? I it's, people people see that and it's they're not used. They kind of forget about it, I think, and it just hits you right in the face. You're like, oh my gosh, there's Nile. It's funny to Success me that story. the most liked photo on my Facebook feed, uh, the number two one is my daughter being born. <laughs> number one is the billboard in Kansas City. So you know, it says something about people loving the billboard. I guess. <laughs> Hunter, um, so is this this is pretty unique for you guys too. I mean, you don't probably see many watch local United States made American made watches out there, right? No, no, and, and uh, the, the scale that Mike uh, dreams to be at is something that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, maybe since Hamilton, there were, where there was actually a, a quality luxury American made watch, um, and uh, and so to be a part of that, especially in the early stages, is is very very intriguing, very exciting for us. Especially since, too, it's from Kansas City, right? I mean, right. what are the chances, right, for you right. guys? Right. It's a great partnership. Mike, tell us about the watches. I know you've you've grown from your initial one. Now you have more than one, obviously, and there's actually a, a, a line, I think. Yeah, so we, we started out with what was called the Nile One, and uh, we still have the Nile One today, and really what is launching in Tivoli is the Nile One Dot Three. Because we come from a technology background, we believe in constant iteration, so we've done a few things to make the timepiece consistently better. Nile 1.3 is something I think will be sticking around for quite a while. We've produced a timepiece that is a screw-in bezel design. It's the only watch in the world to contain a corny gorilla glass, which is two and a half times stronger than sapphire. Um, solid, crafted from a solid block of stainless steel, 316L stainless steel, um, diamond-like carbon coating. I mean, it's a durable, um, uh, strong, um, very exciting timepiece that we put together. And, you know, for it's a, a beautiful design. But for those that like a more traditional design, in October we'll be rolling out the Nile 2, um, as well as our women's line named Karen. Um, and so we've got some very cool, very exciting designs coming, and people are really giving some great feedback on them. You know, price range-wise, the Nile 1 is at a $39.50 today, um, and we'll be going up in men's pricing. And our women's products in October will be somewhere in the two to 3000 range. Interesting. And, and kind of the, most of the same look to them, are you going to get – uh, kind of crazy here and, and, and try new things? Um, nothing really crazy. I mean, you know, we want to create timepieces that are wearable reminders of what it means to be all in. We want to we want to uh, create things that people want to buy. So, 
you know, you're not going to see anything really crazy off the wall that's just so gaudy that you'd never want to buy or only like maybe five people want to buy it. As, you know, Hunter was saying, we want to build a really big company. Um, it's, you know, my fantasy is I always say to be 90 years old and walking into the, into the R and D factory and people calling me the OG that founded the company. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea that we want to create something that's big. This isn't a quick flip in five years. It's something that we hope to have here when my grandchildren leave college, they have the choice to work for H and R block, Garmin, Cerner, or Nile. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, with the design of the timepieces, that's driving, what do people like? What do people love? What do they want? And so. Um, that really goes a lot into our consideration. That's amazing. And I think that's we need to hear more entrepreneurs talking like you are, and especially ones that are doing product too. I think it's really cool that, you know, coming from all the dig digital space that everyone's in these days to have a good product and, and, and a foundational product for our city is a great thing. Yeah, yeah product, I think it's really neat. Product is interesting. There's a lot of booming people. You know, you've got Stock 101. You've got Charlie Hustle. You've got Tanner at Alpha Clothing. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of people that that have products here in Kansas City. They're a little bit um, more under the, the spotlight. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting because technology plays a role in that. Everything we've learned of how to build websites or how to market has applied into any of these products. So, it's a you know a less than noticed piece here in Kansas City, and I would love to can see Kansas City get as behind building products from a legislation and and uh, excitement standpoint as they have about tech. It is really a hot opportunity here in Kansas City. Here, here, um, again, Hunter McGrath, VP uh, over at Tivil. Tell us again. So Thursday, Thursday's June eighteenth yeah. tonight. Um, you guys at what time does it start? Well, we're just selling the watches. Okay, on so Thursday. when you right. open on Thursday, you'll be able uh, to buy a Nile. Ten o'clock. Okay. And then, Mike, the website is NileLuxury.com. You're having a party tomorrow at 1810 Sherry down in the crossroads. Uh, there'll be beer. There'll be whiskey, I've heard, and they'll be fun. So, yes. And there'll be watches. And there'll be watches. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good time. Mike, real quickly, you got 50 seconds left. Uh, give us the, your uh, best part of, of this career choice and worst part. Best part. High, highs and lows, basically. Best part of this career choice is that I'm following something that I'm so incredibly passionate about that I can, which is the bad side of it, which is that I can work for 48 hours straight sometimes and then just crash for a few hours. I really am truly following my passion and absolutely love what I'm doing and wish that I was doing nothing else other than this. The bad side of it is that sometimes I chase this so much, I got to remember that I need to peel back from time to time. And it's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is making sure that you take care of the family and that you're there for them. And so... Um, that is an exciting part as I'm there to provide for my family, but it's that balance. That's the hardest part about it. When you're chasing your passion, um, you need to remember the most important things in your life, and that's family. I completely agree. Mike Wilson, CEO of Nile, and Hunter McGrath, VP at Tibble. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation today, guys, and good luck with everything. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having us. We'll be right back after the break. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Welcome back to Grill Nation. This is Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for joining us on KMBZ Business Channel 1660 AM and KMBZ.com. You can always find all of our old shows at GrillNationShow.com. All of our podcasts are there along with our TuneIn and iTunes page where you can listen to them while you're working out, while you're in your car, whatever you want to do. We appreciate you guys always listening and helping out the show. You can also connect with me at Jason Grill on Twitter and on Instagram. Sean Edwards, uh, Fox 4 movie critic and uh, contributor to Grill Nation. He's here uh, a few times a year. Hopefully we'll get him on more. He's a busy man, but uh, came in last time. We previewed the Oscars uh, yeah. earlier in the year when it was cold outside. Now it's summertime. Wanted to have Sean in to talk about some of our summer movies that we've seen so far and then preview some of the uh, the upcoming movies that we're going to be seeing here in the summer and talk about some of his best and worst uh, movies and also to get into um, maybe uh, some things we should be looking forward to and talk about some new ventures he's in. Sean Edwards, welcome to Grill Nation. How are you, buddy? Man, thanks for the invite, man. I'm doing well, man. I told you a while ago, I think it was maybe like um, six months ago, maybe even longer than that, I said 2015 would be the year of the movie. And so far, that prediction is holding true. You're talking about the box office. At the box office, man. So many titles blowing up. It's crazy. It's good to see. And it's also called job security. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking on this list of... Uh, Summer movies 2015. I mean, how many superhero movies are there? I mean, there are so many, Superheroes man. Superheroes are still hot, but... At some point, right? But 
But as hot as superheroes are, they have been knocked off the top spot because dinosaurs are hotter. Talk about that. Let's the biggest, uh, let's start the biggest with stars in Hollywood. Jurassic right now. World. So that's surprising to you. Oh, it's surprising. No, it's surprising to me and everyone else in Hollywood. Like no one knew that it would blow up the way it did on its first weekend. Like it's been 22 years since the last Jurassic Park movie. I remember seeing it. I think yeah, I was on yeah, a date. I saw all three. I, I think, I think, cool. I think at my age, I think it was coming out maybe when I was just into high school. Man, I remember taking cool a girl to the, the movie theater to see that. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, this, this is amazing. Look at these dinosaurs. Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> but, but the thing is, the technology's gotten better, but no one really knew because the franchise had some dust on it. And a lot of people predicted that it would do well. No one predicted it would blow up the way it did. I mean, it's the number one all-time opening movie, both domestically and internationally. So it rocked here in the States, and it has global power, and it's it's going to it's gonna play. It's going to do very well. I don't know if it's going to snag the all-time top box office record from Avatar, but it's going to make a nice, solid run at it. And why is that, do you think? Is that because it played at a lot of different movie theaters or it's just the, the the whole like dinosaur thing dinosaurs never... have global appeal people in moscow like dinosaurs people in rio <laughs> like dinosaurs people in london like dinosaurs people in des moines like dinosaurs people in new york like dinosaurs you can't mess with the dinosaurs they're cool and the way they staged it it works i mean the movie is not really a movie it's like a thrill ride I mean, and the thrill ride is going to come later at universal studios the theme park but it's just it's got that appeal i mean you don't have to like run subtitles when the dinosaurs are running around Jurassic Park tearing stuff up, doing their thing. Everybody understands these things are big, they look scary, and this is fun. <laughs> totally. This, so, so, so give us a review of the movie, actually. Well, actually, I just movie. did. It's like a thrill ride. It's <laughs> not a movie. It's a thrill ride. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it, it's a it's a it's a thrill ride. It's like a commercial for the theme park ride. Is what it is. Okay, that's exactly so, so, what it is. So how many how many popcorn boxes? I gave it officially. I gave it three. Hey Mark, can you hand me one of these uh, little things? My earphones broke out there. I lost my earphones there, Sean. In the middle I mean, of the interview. That means it's, it's live radio. <laughs> no, officially. That's a, hey, we know this is not staged. So 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 Sean. So uh, so okay. So so it's something you should see at the theater. One because it's it's just a movie you want to see. At a theater, it's it a summertime like popcorn movie. If ever there was a summertime so what, popcorn movie, so what happened to um, what happened to Entourage? Because I, I saw you at the premiere in Kansas City. Nothing happened to Entourage, but it's getting. But your your fellow critics are giving it bad reviews. But I loved it. Uh, because you had a bunch of critics who probably didn't watch the HBO TV show because the movie's just like the TV show. I mean, th- those people who like panned it. Are, are idiots. It's just like the TV show. That's Basically what you want. Is. If you're a fan of the TV show, you want the movie to be just like the TV show. You don't want them to do what they did with Sex and the City where they base it off the HBO TV show, but it was nothing like the TV show. At least this is like the TV show. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about what the TV show was, which is which made it fun and cool. And Entourage is not a movie either. It's an experience. It's a party. It's something you go to with your boys and just like, right. you know, you, 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 you want to live vicariously through these guys. It's, it's not like your traditional movie where you have a beginning, middle, and end and a solid plot and acting's dope. That's not why you're going to see Entourage. No. Come on. I mean, people don't understand. Some, some movies are designed for other things. Like, not every movie striving to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Some movies are made just because they want people to go and see them and feel cool at the end of 90 minutes or two hours. You know, you stay entertained. It's entertaining. You see the dinosaurs up there, Jurassic World. It's entertaining. You Yo, see Benny Chase and the and his boys and hanging Ari out. <laughs> yeah, Ari Gold fun. is great, man. I it's, I really it's summer. It. It's summertime. These movies are supposed to be fun. It's yeah. it's that time of year. We'll we'll get the Oscar contenders later. Let's hold off. I'm gonna have some fun right now. So so okay. So one of the movies that was a complete bomb, though, from what I've heard, <laughs> was Aloha. That movie I heard was terrible. Did you see that? Well, yeah, of course I saw yeah, it. You I mean, see we, everything. Yeah, I see everything. But we, I heard we, it was a disaster. Well, you know that movie is going to be a bomb from the leaked Sony emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already knew that was a... We, we, yeah, yo, when the head of the studio admits it's one of the worst scripts she ever read and why the heck did we green like this, then yeah. you know... They were, all the great actors in it, though. Yeah, but Cameron Crowe's been slid. It doesn't matter. You can be the best actor in the universe if you don't have nothing to work with. You don't have nothing to work with. I mean, you, you, you can only work with what you have on that page. Mm-hmm. It all starts with the script, and the script was terrible. I mean, Cameron Cameron Crowe's been slipping, and I love Cameron Crowe. Almost Famous is dope. I love Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire. Those are great movies, but he hasn't had a nice movie in a while. I'm so. going down this list of movies here coming out. Uh, 
you know, Dope came out. We have Ted. Oh, Chu hold on, no, don't don't skip past Dope. Okay, oh, no, you okay. cannot skip okay. past Dope. I figured you want to talk about. No, that. no, 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 no. Dope. You is just the said best Dope. Movie. That's why I was stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dope is perhaps one of the best movies I've seen in my entire career of critiquing movies. Really, it's, it's something about this coming of age story. It's refreshingly original. It has a great vibe to it. A bunch of unknowns to just like kill it. I mean, I, I love it. And then you have ASAP Rocky, the rapper in his first feature film, who reminds me of a young Tupac. And let's not forget, Tupac was an amazing actor. I would debate anyone on that. He had charisma. He had charm. But he also had chops. ASAP Rocky reminds me of Tupac at the beginning of his like movie career. And it's well-written. It's, it's a great story. Pharrell produced the soundtrack. The music's awesome. It's, I highly recommend people checking out Dope. I love, 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 love that movie. It's a is this, great is this, movie. Is this an Oscar-type movie? Well, no, nah, it's not going to be an Oscar-type movie be, just because of the, the way that the people who vote vote and then the makeup of the people that vote. It doesn't have a chance <laughs> to be an Oscar movie. It's in the real great, world, great reviews, In though. the real world, it should, man. It's like an Urban Annie Hall. It's right up there with that Woody Allen movie that won Best Picture back in, what, 1977. But... It's not, but if I had my way, it would. It's just one of those movies that just it just it just moved me. I mean, the way that when it I have works you come and, back on and uh, in awesome. the fall and the, the Christmas you. time, you're gonna be like, remember when I was telling you, dope? Man, no, uh, dope, dope is a great, great, great movie. It just seems like it's a little deeper. Then we have all these big popcorn movies. Yeah, yeah, we got Ted Two, we got Ted, Ted Terminator, funny, Magic funny. Mike. You know, uh, one I saw for you before was Selfless. Have you seen that? No, yet? I have not seen Selfless. That looks uh, interesting. A lot of people, yeah, it does. It looks very interesting. I, I am looking forward to that. But uh, I have seen Ted Two. Yes, you have. How was it? Much of the same. <laughs> Much of the same, man. You <laughs> they know, know what works. Seth MacFarlane's crazy. The teddy bear that that cusses yeah. and yeah, does, but I, I does love Amanda, Amanda Seyfried's in this one. I love her. That's yeah. literally. Oh, you do? No. <laughs> I saw the first one. I, I, I don't, I'll probably, I might check out the second one. We'll yeah, see. it's one of those. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you like the first if, one, maybe the second one. If you didn't like the first one, you're not going to go see the second one. It's kind of a fun, like, you know. Yeah, it's it's a throwaway night. Um, talk to me about, okay, so Magic Mike, the ladies will like that. Yep. Um, Paul Rudd, our Kansas City, is a movie called Ant-Man. What is that? He's a superhero. <laughs> it's a, It's Marvel. He's so, Paul, Rudd's Paul getting, Rudd is now a superhero. Hey, Paul Rudd's dead. Now, you know what that means, don't you? Paul <laughs> Rudd's getting his first really big check. Yeah. Yeah, he may not be coming back to KC anymore <laughs> after that. He might, I think he's knocking down maybe 10, 15 for this. Really? Yeah. This 10, 15 mil for one movie. It's Ant-Man. I've never, it I never heard of Ant-Man. But I I'm haven't either. I just, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> Batman, I, but like, I'm not a comic book aficionado. I'm like Batman, Superman. Right. And that's that's it. And that's coming out at some point too, isn't it? Batman v Superman. That's sixteen. Sixteen. That's okay. sixteen. We'll yeah. have you on next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, Paul Rudd. Congratulations, you're a superhero now. Who knew? Who knew? Um, Trainwreck. Yeah, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. This Amy one looks Schumer. good. I think I'm gonna see this. Yeah, I go check this one out uh, Thursday. In fact, uh, is it Thursday? I don't know. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but soon. I like Amy Schumer. I like her TV show. I think she's funny. I think Amy Schumer is doing things that Dave Chappelle did a few years ago. I mean, she can be that brilliant at times. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to Trainwreck. Although it's Judd Apatow, though. Yeah. So I'm like... You're not a fan. Well, he's he's, he's been on a cold streak for a while. <laughs> he's, been a, he's been on a slump, He's doing a lot of press lately, though. So he's, he's out there on different I don't radio know. I'm, shows. I'm, I got my fingers crossed on that because I love Amy Schumer. But, man, Judd Apatow, man, the drought is real with him. Um. Okay, so we got a couple more couple more big big blockbuster type movies mission impossible 5 Tom i didn't Cruise. I, i've never seen any of those so i Are you I, I serious why not it. maybe They're, the first one the first one i did come see come on man tom tom cruise does it fantastic on fantastic 4 i don't know about pan. that peter pan has another movie i mean yeah, it's they push all, they push peter pan back so it's not coming out this summer that's not no nah, no nah, not this summer it's all uh it's all superheroes man yeah it's all superheroes and caricatures it's, yeah yeah uh, but that's that's what summertime's about and sequels and that sort of thing although there is one movie that I'm looking forward to that opens in August that doesn't involve any superheroes or any dinosaurs, and it's not a sequel. Mm -hmm. It's the NWA biopic straight out of Compton. 
Straight Outta Compton, yeah, that's on my list. It's directed by F. Gary Gray, which means this is not going to be a jokey joke biopic. Like this is going to be like for real, like, for real. and it's going to be. In it, but here's the thing: Paul Giamatti's in it. Yeah, but on a serious note, it's going to be really interesting to see what the tone is like with the general public when that movie opens, because there's been so many news stories and so much discussion on all the police violence and brutality mm-hmm. sure. and mishaps here and there and you know, questionable shootings and violence against the general public. And you remember NWA are the guys that created the song F the Police, which started a whole firestorm back in the late 80s. Right. So it's going to be interesting because that song is used throughout the trailer. And I, I know it's going to be used throughout the movie. So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of dynamic is created from that. It, it could be really, it could get really interesting. I mean, that's, that's like some, like seriously, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm curious to see what the dynamic's going to be like from that. Very cool. Uh, Sean Edwards, Fox 4, Movie Critic. Real quick, we have a minute and a half left. Let's talk about Movie Trip TV. Yeah, we've got to talk about Movie Trip TV. Okay, here's the deal. This is like one of the coolest concepts I've ever worked on, but I can't take credit for it. It was started by Teresa O'Leary, who works and lives here in Kansas City. She actually does marketing for Hotel Phillips. And it's all about combining people's love of travel and their love of movies because it deals with going to visit like movie locations and turning that into a complete experience. The, the phrase they use in the industry is called vacation locations location vacations or set jetting and she's taking this concept and turning it into a tv show and i've been working with her producing it and turning it into something that's like really cool i mean you can check it out on facebook is movie trip tv or instagram or twitter and it's going to all these different iconic locations that you see in movies which you can actually go and visit and it shows you how to package that into a really cool vacation because the new york times recently stated in an article that that sort of travel where people travel to locations is really on the surge and it's big here in the States. It's big internationally. So we're just sort of like taking advantage of that whole fervor and turn it into something where you can follow along and, and, and learn how to go and like, you know, go to Amityville and see the house in Amityville horror. Or, you know, you go to LA and you can go to all different places that were used when they filmed the TV series entourage or the movie entourage. Cause these are things that people are actually doing right now, flying Very to cool. New York to go on the sex in the city tour. So it's a great concept created by Teresa O'Leary. I wish I could take credit for the entire concept, mm-hmm. but since I'm part of the team, I love talking about it. Cause it's one of the coolest things I've ever been involved with. Very cool. Sean Edwards, thanks for coming on Grill Nation, buddy. Man, thanks we'll have for you on again I love the soon. show. We're going to recap some more movies down Yeah, let's the road. do it always. Always. It's fun, man. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys, to Grill Nation. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Take care.